welcome to another episode of dyslexia adventures and this is episode 2 and on uh, episode 2 this is about dyslexia a neurological perspective with dr rama chandramohan and before we proceed further i'm ruzila govindaraju and at dyslexia adventures we believe that dyslexia is neurodiversity and not a disability and persons with dyslexia succeed because of their dyslexia and not despite it thank you so much doctor for agreeing to be on our show it's wonderful to have you thank you prasanna so before uh, we start our conversation i want our listeners to understand that we have a doctor with us who's had more than two decades of more than two decades of experience so she is actually she's currently the director institute of social pediatrics at the government stanley medical college in chennai and over the course of her professional career she has been an assistant professor department of pediatrics and neonatology government kasturba gandhi hospital and madras medical college and assistant professor department of neonatology madras medical college and institute of child health chennai associate professor of pediatrics kanyakumari government medical college and hospital professor of pediatrics and head of developmental pediatric institute of child health and currently the director institute of social pediatrics government stanley medical college chennai wonderful to have you doctor so straight off i want to ask you what is the definition of dyslexia what is neurologically how is it defined yeah so to put it in very simple terms uh, learning difficulty i would rather say that rather than uh, learning disability right so there is a basic problem to uh, assimilate information to retain and to reproduce so right. they have it is a very strange situation where the child is otherwise normal hmm. the child has a normal iq which is in a way what shall i say I, i i don't want to call it a disadvantage but the thing is it can be picked up much later because this child would be doing everything else in fact would excel in certain things so that's the last thing a person will suspect that this child has a scholastic uh disadvantage this child can only not study or reproduce see this we are in um, uh, what shall i say memory giving importance to a lot of recall so right. the child is expected to study a whole lot of pages and come and reproduce it on paper or verbally which this child has a challenge in doing right okay so this child's little brain hmm. is rewired differently so there are certain parts of the brain which have this function mm. of uh, retaining and recalling whatever has been read or right. whatever has been listened to correct but the child is not able to do that so if you ask me why does this happen to certain children we are not exactly clear about huh. the reason for it if there was there would have been some way of preventing it but there is a lot of study going on because let me tell you that around almost 10% mm. of 
that age group can have so anywhere from 8 years onwards if a child has a scholastic um what shall i say uh, he's not keeping up with his peers that's what we call is as a learning difficulty right when the child is not able to perform scholastic in a scholastic manner which is expected for his age uh-huh. and as it compared to his peers so it has nothing to do with intelligence the child is intelligent so sometimes even brilliant the first thing we have to do is to do an iq test for these children huh. so this uh, see this is not a, a condition which can be treated or can be uh, what shall i say addressed hmm. by a single person it requires right. a lot of people okay so what right. we do is if a parent comes to a pediatrician saying my child is unable to remember what he has been taught i sit with him i make him write and the next day he goes and he doesn't remember what i have told him hmm. in spite of being able to recall at that time right then we, uh, we ask them to bring their notebooks and then we see if you find that there is not this child an 8 year old we know what how he is supposed to write when you find that the way he holds his pencil so that's a simple thing we do bring your notebook we tell him to hold the pencil from the way he holds the pencil hmm. from the way he holds the book from the way he looks at the page hmm. we know whether he has a problem or not okay right. so once that happens we send them first of all to a psychologist okay so we'll do an iq assessment huh. only if the iq is normal huh. we take that child as a learning difficulty right okay huh. so if this iq is anywhere less than the normal then we, there are a whole lot of other reasons which come up for his poor scholastic performance okay so so when when you say this when you're talking about iq and scholastic performances yeah. do does a person the dyslexic brain is it yeah. different from a non dyslexic brain because see the mom in our country the moment you say or tell a parent it has anything to do with the brain they immediately mm. freeze they think something is wrong with the yeah, mental faculties I, of my child and that's yeah. a worry so is this brain any different yeah there is there is a difference in the brain as i told you we can simply say there is a problem with the wiring of the brain right so certain parts of the brain are very much needed to be an optimum condition for the child to have an academic performance as expected for that age right. so what causes the brain to be different in these children could be genetic because okay. always get the history of problems in the parents so that is one reason second one it could be if the child is a preterm child or has had some problem during the antenatal period which has deprived this child of a little bit of oxygen at the time of birth okay. or the child has had some trauma to the brain does not necessarily have to be like something like an accident right but some something during pregnancy or labor which has not uh, you know helps the brain to reach its optimum potential and certain parts of the brain which are uh, i mean basal ganglia there are certain areas of the brain deep inside the brain which are necessary for all this i told you memory retaining recalling so when that is affected then these children may have a problem but having said that it is not a problem which cannot be surmounted that means okay does that mean that my child cannot even study no it is a wiring which is different that's all so right. he has some ways by which 
he can come up to his optimum potential so if you cannot teach me the way i understand i mean if you yeah so you teach me the way i understand so whatever you say i'm not able to understand so go ahead and teach me the way i understand that's what till in doctor see please repeat that teach me in a way i understand yeah if i cannot understand the way you teach me teach me in the way i understand so that is a simple um, solution to the problem simple solution so i need extra attention i need one on one i cannot listen in a class of 60 students whatever you are uh, teaching me i don't understand because this is not the way my brain is wired i can understand it in a different way right so i need some extra attention that's all i need that's all i'm asking you so 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 this is the uh, so this is a strange thing this child has average to above average intelligence and sometimes they are even brilliant but yeah. they have difficulty in understanding the written word and what is written on uh, yeah. on the blackboard by the yeah. by yeah. the teacher and it has yeah. nothing to do with vision with problem in eyesight so yeah we have to rule out all that so when i said first we rule out a low iq by sending the child to a psychologist then as a pediatrician we have to rule out any visual or hearing problems we have to rule out anything which can interfere with his intellect with his behavior there are some children who have attention deficit disorders they cannot sit in one place right so these children can also have learning difficulties and right. a child has learning difficulty may become an attention deficit child because he cannot understand what is happening in the class so right. he has no he doesn't think that he is having any business to sit down quietly and listen right. he would rather look out of the window or he would irritate the child next to him who is listening so immediately he is branded as a naughty child or as a you know what shall i say in disobedient child and he is punished without even knowing the reason for his behavior okay so these are the things where a pediatrician comes in uh, mainly our job is uh, kind of what shall i say identifying these children that's our main job as a pediatrician and bringing in the others who are going to make this child perform better so next step is to get a psychologist get his uh, faculties checked with uh, eyes hearing and other some of them may may have seizures or may be on some medications we rule out all that thyroid problems right. so this which can affect anemia anemia is another yeah. thing which appear with the child so you know tired they get tired they can't concentrate so we rule out all those things and then we see that uh, whether the child is able to look at the board whether the child all those things we have to see where the child is sitting in the class whether the child is being bullied huh. so all things we have to keep in uh, mind before we uh, go ahead and uh, do this then of course we go ahead and then check his notebook try to find out so there are two types of language uh, okay. specialized learning difficulties or disabilities right. one is verbal and other one is non verbal so these children may also have problems in organizing tasks huh. they may have problems in execution they may not be able to understand so these children have to have some routine in place right they have to be told how to do, go about certain things so it's all about co hand holding right and them forward okay so see yeah. what is what is very strange is here is this child who is struggling in school and requires a different kind of scholastic input but the same yeah. child if if the child has found their passion 
once they mm. you know once they finish school finish class 12 write their board exams and then yes. go to college they are excelling yeah. how is that yeah. possible yeah that's that's where we have a big role to find out where their strengths are where their weaknesses are so we have of course given from the government we uh, make sure that these children are identified early they're given an exemption certificate where they can uh, get ask for extra time in the exams they can ask for a scribe uh, and they can also be given exemption in the second language so these are all some of the advantages that they get if they have been uh, certified by a government doctor that the child is having a learning disability so once that happens the worst part of the child's education may be crossing the 12th standard where there is a lot of um, memorizing to do reproducing whatever has been studied and then some children may be able to do uh, writing reading but they may have problem with math alone so those children can probably choose a pure science if they want to do some other uh, subject which is related to science they can avoid taking math and uh, then of course once they realize their potential we have these career aptitudes and all that courses right. going on they can find out what to suiting them right. so we care of so many great people who have gone through all this and come have excelled right so the we have to encourage them and not look down upon them that is the main thing so they have been born that way so it is up to us to make them useful citizens right so so, so as a parent no doctor if i were to look at my child mm. so what will be the early indicators that that might show that you know look my child perhaps can have yeah. dyslexia yeah so that i'm telling you about certain uh functions that a child has you might find that these children have a little bit of problem following instructions they might seem a little clumsy right. the way they once they start going to school mm. then we have a whole lot of things depending on the age of the child so coming back and tell you the rhymes going to school and reproducing even those three or four lines that have been taught Right. then the way they hold their pencil the way they hold the book the way they look at the book the mm. way they write so the confusion between 51 and 15 so then yeah. when you tell them to write dear they might not write d e a r they might write they know that those letters should come but they don't know in what order it should come and d and b being mixed so these are some of the ways in which and when you look at a handwriting whether it is fitting into the line or it goes from one end to the other goes up or below so those are some of the small uh, things uh, indicators that will tell us that this child has a beginning of okay. uh, so would would a speech delay also be an indicator doctor yes yes language is very very important because we know that reading and uh, phonetics and all that come under uh, learning disability so sometimes it is used synonymously specific right. language payment is used synonymously with learning that language is a very very important uh, what shall i say uh, acquisition which is going to show which is going to determine the success of an individual right. language right so why we find some children if they are coached in their mother tongue they may do better they may be able to so uh, that's uh, why we encourage them to study in the in, you know they say things that it is prestigious to study in an english medium school right. but we found 
children who go back to their government schools are doing well and uh, another thing about uh, why it is not picked up early somebody might ask my child has been you know 10 standard only they pick up that the child is having a problem because pass is given routinely till about 8 standard right. and children to pass so that is maybe a little bit of a disadvantage because we do not pick them up a little earlier so right. it all the more uh, you know the uh, the what shall i say the onus is on the teacher she should be able to look at the notebook find out which child has a problem hmm. instead of you know uh, pushing everybody to the next class right right and also see what happens is see one one is the uh, speech delay aspect and yes. uh, the the other aspect is for a parent say for example i may be a busy parent right so i am mm. also working and now mm. what happens there is a lot of see when my child is diagnosed uh, with a condition mm. it's called mm. a diagnosis as if it is a disease mm-hmm. but still it's not a disease so mm. when when my child is assessed for dyslexia then as a parent i am i'm like made to feel guilty oh my god i have been working so you know i missed it mm. so what will you tell a parent like that no it is uh, it is very very justifiable that this condition is picked up late as i told you if this child was a dull child or mm. was not doing well in school mm. and would have a problem otherwise it is easy for anybody to pick up so these things we all think that this child is still getting used to get doing their homework still are used to getting uh, used to a routine or right. schedule so there is a chance of it being delayed but let nobody feel guilty about it because yeah. there is hope right there is hope at any age you pick up the i told you all that this child needs is remedial education right. how to talk how to read how to write one on one so why do you think special educators have got such a big role nowadays because right. these children to be helped this are just going to cross a bridge that's right. all it is when right. they reach the they're going to perform well so the bridges the later part of a school education which requires a lot of help so that's why the parents the special educator the teachers the pediatrician everybody has to hold hands and see that this child crosses the bridge uh, without much of a problem so as a uh, also from the parent perspective now hmm. many parents what they are doing so there are these See when when in in large families when the child was growing up, so the mm. child had a a lot of people to talk to, and the mm. child also went through these developmental phases. You no, know? the mm-hmm. child would crawl at a certain age. Mm. Uh, mm. The cr- child would walk at a certain age, and it mm. all has certain impact, developmental impact on the child. Can you mm. just throw light on that? Because this is this is a very crucial thing. Because these days. many parents don't know that either they are carrying the child around too often or the child mm-hmm. is sitting in front of a device so can you mm-hmm. throw light on the actual physical uh, you know uh, the new biological development or the milestones that a child is growth milestones that the child is going through the importance of them okay actually um, i normally tell the parents that at least the first four first year the milestones they should remember because after that if a child crosses the first year then a delayed development 
uh, is not so common unless something happens after the first year to the child okay so are able to pick it up so just four milestones i tell them to remember hmm. we call it social smile when the child starts looking at the mother's face recognizing her and smiling at her so that happens at two months okay and child holds his head steady at four months okay sits independently at eight months walks independently or at least is standing independently at one year so two Four, eight, and twelve for social smile, head control, sitting, and standing. So, if these four milestones they are able to remember, you may think that um, won't a mother bring her child if the head is not steady? No, we have seen children even coming at one year because the neighbors tell them or the uh, grandparents tell them that your father also, uh, you know, sat late or walked late. Why are you in such a hurry? so they don't even know that these are the four basic milestones and huh. in addition this child should start babbling okay. by the child is around 7 months of age the child should start looking when the name is called he should know that okay my name is called so that also shows intelligence of the child okay right. i can hear my name so i should look in that direction hmm. and child is able to reach out for objects grasp them transfers them starts making babbling sounds so by the time the child is 9 months of age the child should start saying appa pa mama papa so we call it bisyllable so those things should be there for this child that the one year old child just looking at the child standing holding on to furniture or leaving his hand for a few minutes and standing we know okay this child should be between 10 months to 1 year Okay. the rest is walking up and down the stairs and the language language takes off at the what shall i say at a tangent by the time the child is 2 years old he should be able to speak two word sentences okay three years three word sentences it just increases exponentially between 2 and 3 years okay they speaking just like that so what happens doctor when these four milestones i any one of them is missed what will happen this child see depending on what miles i've only talked to you about motor milestones these right. are called motor milestones and right. i'm not a little bit of language i've told you hmm. social so what we have to see if you find what uh, as a pediatrician what we are supposed to do is we have to uh, check the child's development every time the child is brought for a well baby checkup we have this immunization visits where the child is right. brought or right. the child is brought just for counseling the mother wants to know what diet when a child is brought sick we do not you know go into these details because a mother may not even understand what we are saying she is so anxious about the child but we have this well child visits and now our indian academy of pediatrics says that we have to do a screening do some developmental check every 6 months Okay. so this type that it is not missed so the child is done you should do one at 6 months do one at 12 months do one at 18 months and at 18 months we normally do a screen screening for autism okay. because that time and majority of them will manifest so there again you have a delay in social milestones and language milestones which are not at all picked up by the parents parents will are happy the child is running around 
and uh, able to do some things with his hands fine motor gross motor is fine but language and social milestones are affected which you will not pick up unless you look for that so what will you tell a parent say i am a parent of a i'm a young mother i have a 3 month old baby so hmm. what should i what will you as a pediatrician tell me as a pediatrician what i'll do is at every visit i will tell her that this is the next milestone that your child should develop so now at 3 months my next milestone that has to come is holding the head okay the child have a head steady head control by the time the child is 4 months of age so what i would tell her is put your baby on his tummy we call it tummy time we put the child on his tummy for however long the child wants after a feed so i'm giving the child a good feed um, and then after about an hour i put the child on his tummy okay child lies on his tummy he slowly lifts up his head because there's something interesting happening huh. he cannot hold it for long he puts it down right. again he again he holds it for some time puts it down so this is strengthening his neck muscles right okay huh. so that is next so he goes home comes back at 4 months he's having a good head control my next milestone will be for him to roll over so i spend instead of carrying him around or wrapping him in that um, inevitable mattress that these children are all put in right. i let i lie on a thin mattress or a mat on the floor and put some little toys which make noise around him Huh. keep it at a distance from him so now he wants to explore the toy he rolls over and reaches the toy right so that the very big milestone that he crosses right okay has rolled over then what do i do doctor she says then i tell her for the next is your sitting so you encourage the child to sit you first make the child sit leaning against your chest slowly push the child away from your chest so that you can see if the child is sitting independently mm. you can simply massage the back that will strengthen his back muscles okay so that's so for each visit that the child makes we should tell the child mother what to look for in the next visit not only for motor milestones i'll also tell him what type of toys that you can give for the next milestone to come up and rattles giving children little toys which the child can transfer some squeaky toys yeah once it's a year old he should have toys with a string which he can pull along and walk so as a parent also doctor i should not blindly just go immunization needs to be done so take it off i must also be you know have an upper and i have the learning capacity to ask my pediatrician doctor what yes. is it that i should look for that is true but having said that the parent need not be over anxious because right. every child has the same uh, what shall i say sequence of milestones but not at the same rate uh-huh. my neighbor child may start walking at 8 months but my child is only now sitting what shall i do i'm anxious my neighbor's child is talking so much my child is not talking so that happens with these people when they are overly aware of the milestones they get very very yeah aware. especially when they ask google doctor you know <laughs> <laughs> what we should them is that 
every child is different every child is different you have to give allowance if your child is premature hmm. even if the child is premature by 2 weeks that will show in the child's development okay, okay? so don't worry about all that how is your child thriving well feeding well happy child not falling sick too often and fairly following the milestones that should be good enough for you but at any point of time if something is worrying you it is best to take the child to a doctor whatever the google doctor tells you it is nothing equal to the experience of a pediatrician correct and and that is that is very very important not only get your immunizations in place but also look at the developmental milestones in place are insisting on that yeah And, yeah, yeah. and also now doctor see what happens is when say for a child the child misses a milestone for example yeah. the child does not crawl now what mm. will be the repercussion of that not crawling see there are some children who will sit and directly start standing and walking okay right. there are and every child doesn't have to crawl mm. but has said that don't put the child on a walker ha the child is put on a walker the child does not need to crawl the child will be happily going from this end to the other end in a walker where all that this child has to do is to push his legs and the child will move here and there but how does this crawling help the child makes the child hip stronger right makes the shoulder stronger so those things are deprived of if the child is in a walker and also it is highly accident prone we have seen children rolling down the staircase falling off the walker and cutting their lip or tongue so it is one toy which should be condemned i hmm. tell them put not even to give it to the enemy to throw it out or put it on a loft and never take it again it does not help a child at all except if a child is not ambulant if it is a child with cerebral palsy who cannot move around on his own has to be carried all the time those children can be put on a walker it will help the child move around not for a normal child okay so see this is a this is an important thing about making the child you know crawl and walk and do uh, and feel things see yes. doctor can you please throw light on nowadays what is what what is what's going on is many parents uh because the child does not even a year and a half old child is not eating properly mm. they hold a device and so something is going on either the mobile phone or a tablet or tv and they mm. feed the child mm. so what yeah. are the repercussions of this <laughs> see first of all we insist that a child should be able to taste the food should be able to chew the food all those things don't happen when a child is given some kind of a pureed food and it is just made the child is just made to swallow hmm. so what happens is this child first of all does not appreciate the taste and the child will have to be force fed for a very long time i've seen a lot of parents feeding the children even when the child is around 8 years of age because okay. they feed a plate full of food is given to the child only then they are happy that their child is growing well but what you should remember is between 2 years to 7 years the child does not gain much of weight or height 
okay so during that time the child's appetite will not be much will be enough for the child to thrive for basic metabolic rate and the child will growing is not growing very fast so there is a lull in the child's appetite but let that let the parent not think that my child should be plump must look chubby there is no need okay see the fat cells are laid down at 1 year of age 1 year okay. and the more fat cells are laid why you think young people are having heart attacks these days is because of all the fat that is laid down inside the blood vessels from the very young age of the individual okay okay so don't force your child to eat let the child enjoy the food if a child even skips a meal there is no nap thing is going to happen to the child don't force the child i am known children who are on appetite stimulants forced to eat but having said that you should bring some kind of discipline also to the child's eating habits the child should be given a little bit of rice or uh, vegetables and child should be given a fixed time not made to eat in front of a device but all of you should sit together and eat family eating family pot is supposed to be a very good culture Mm-hmm. all of you sit together the child learns from the parents what to eat how to enjoy the food he'll also talk about what happens in school so that's is a very important uh, especially over dinner when everybody is at home let right. the child eat but fixed time don't let the child dawdle over the food for a long time half an hour okay your time is up finish and get up okay so that, um what happens see for example uh, using a device and play Mm. now what is the connection see play is very important to the child right so what happens when the child is playing by herself um there is no harm in a child suppose we have a lot of single children they have to keep themselves amused so there is mm. no harm but we have a restriction on the screen time right. we actually we say less than 2 years no screen time and more than 2 years also 1 hour per day mm. that's all we are allowed them to do because now the other things like the child's um, reading habit or interacting with others playing with others all those things will uh, take a bashing if the child does not some out of the addiction to a device okay right right um, if a child is having a compromised language development mm-hmm. that can interfere screen time can interfere for a normal child they can grow out of this addiction but if this child is already prone to have an autism mm. then find that language is further delayed in these children okay so we we prefer that the child is not left with the device alone uh, it can interfere with social interaction also mm. so not like physical play child being exposed to some sunlight good for the child to have some vitamin d mm. good for the child to improve the appetite and have a good meal so all those things are the benefits of physical play the child okay. learns how to solve supposing you're playing a board game with a child hmm. child knows how to play the game develops the child's intelligence also hmm. so all the advantages are there in physical play okay so what would you tell parents who are listening to this podcast what is yeah. it that you would advise them about this neurological condition called dyslexia <laughs> i would uh, just tell them first of all i know it is uh, difficult to accept it when that when their own child is diagnosed with that condition 
but i would only like to tell them that if it has been diagnosed this is the best time to have it known because they have all the support in the world to make their child normal not only from the school but from the government from the pediatrician and also from the special educators so if this was probably a few years back their child would have had to uh fend for himself but that that's not the situation now everybody knows that this is something which can be uh remedied so it is not a uh, no uh, what shall i say uh, lost cause so this child definitely has a bright future provided we are making sure that the child's potential is tapped we are making sure that the child excels in what he is good at so that should be the aim of each parent na no, nothing to be disheartened with and your child is special definitely the child is special thank you so much doctor for coming on to the show and talking okay. so clearly and and being so articulate about dyslexia as a neurological condition yeah. thank you very much thank you mrudula thank you for the opportunity i hope it was useful for them of course okay. it is doctor it is okay. Okay thank you Mrudula thank you so much